0: We're going to start the book of Ruth. And if I was to ask you this question right now, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard is it for you to make godly decisions in your culture, where you're at today? It could be your work. It could be your family. It could be your school. It could be among your friends. How hard is it for you to make a godly decision when you're facing your day-to-day activities Some of you might say, well, it's not very hard at all. And some of you might say, man, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. And and today, uh, we're going to start our book of Ruth because that's the whole theme of Ruth. That we are, with God's help, we are able to make these decisions that that make a difference in our lives when things are bad. When things are bad, you know, God's presence makes a difference. But we could also make a difference in the world. Because the book of Ruth has so many wonderful themes. It says that God has a plan and can be trusted when you're going through a difficult time. And you can't see the future. You know, everything just looks dark. There's no way out. Right? And then we're going to see the value and the necessity of loyalty. Loyalty to a person. Because today in our cancel culture, what do we do? As soon as somebody says, uh, does something that we don't like, what do we do? We cancel them. You're not my friend anymore. You know, And we need friends. We need community. And we can't always be dismissing people just because they do something to hurt us or we disagree with them. That there's loyalty. Loyalty makes a difference. And as believers, we should have that loyalty to one another, but it's so easy for us to dismiss people, right, when they do something that we don't like, right? God takes, God provides and takes care of those who believe in him, all right? And, and Ruth provides us with an example of how we could live uh, godly lives in the midst of an evil and corrupt culture. And then it also uh, shows the value that women have and can play in the role of ministry because so many times when you think about women we think oh they're good for you know putting things out for you know connect cafe and everything and while that's good and i appreciate that if you take a look at the role of women they made significant differences in the in 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 scripture right we see people like deborah rahab esther lydia right and i hope this encourages you women you know that you can make a significant difference in God's history, right? That he has plans for you too. And we see how God used women to make a difference. And so we're going to start with the book of Ruth. So if you have your Bible, can you just turn to Ruth chapter 1? And thank you, Cole, for that preview on Ruth. I was like, okay, I crossed this, I crossed this. I don't need to say this, right? But anyway, it says in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So first of all, it says in the time the judges ruled. So for those of you who are trying to get a, you know, when did this happen? You know, some of you might know, but, you know, I just said, let's just start to let you know when is this happening in Scripture. So let's start with a time frame when I think we all know. And the first one is when we see in the Old Testament where Moses leads Israel out of Egypt and receives the law, right? All of you know that we, Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt. He parts the Red Sea, they go to Mount Sinai, and they receive the law. But then what happens? Israel disobeys God and they wander in the desert for 40 years. I think we remember that, where God made them wander 40 years until the generation that disobeyed him all died off. And then it says Moses dies and then Joshua takes over and he leads Israel into the promised land. Right? And this is where Joshua you know, crosses the Jordan and defeats Jericho. Remember, Jericho is a city that had the walls, and Joshua, God told Joshua to walk around the walls. And what happened? The walls, God um, destroyed the walls, and Joshua was able to um, defeat this fortified city. And they occupied most of the promised land. Um, And the territory was divided among the tribes of Israel. However, the Canaanites were still there, and they needed to be uh, driven out. Now we see that Joshua dies. Okay, Joshua dies, and the judges, God appointed judges to take over and lead Israel. And this is the time that this is happening. However, this was a really dark time in Israel's history because of the way they they acted. They abandoned their belief in God that they had under um, Joshua, and they did evil. And we see this up when uh, we see Judges 2.18. Now, this was a time that this was all happening. It says, Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, them meaning Israel, he was with the judge, and he saved them out of the hands of their enemies, as long as the judge lived. For the Lord Relented because of their groaning and under those groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to the ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and their stubborn ways. So we see this in the early part of Judges, seven times a cycle, where Israel would disobey disobey God. God would allow this nation to conquer them and subdue them. And then what? Israel would cry out to God. God would rescue them through a judge. And then he would bless them for a time. And then what happens? The judge died, and they would go through this cycle all over again. It was like they didn't learn. But isn't that like us, right? God blesses us. Woo, we're okay. And then all of a sudden we start Walking away from God and things happen, we fall under God's loving discipline. God, stop. I can't take this anymore. And what does God do? God brings in and He comes in, He helps us. And so this was going on during the time that Ruth lived. It was an evil time. I don't know if any of you have seen The Chosen, right? Chosen is rated TVPG. That's its rating, right? Great show, right? However, if the book of Judges was turned into a movie, it would be rated M for mature. I mean, it just is disturbing to read that book to see how evil Israel got when you, what, disobey the Lord. And this was a time that they were living in. It was, Israel was, you know, pretty, acted pretty evil. And they were very corrupt during this time. Then in verse 2 it says, There was a man named Elimelech, and his wife, and his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of the two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab to live there. Okay, why did they go to Moab? Well, the Bible says there was a famine in um, Israel at this time, so they went to Moab, Moab where, you know, Coase said that Moab was... <laughs> um israel's enemy so at this time we think that this was a time where israel had subdued moab because we don't see a whole lot of tension there but it wasn't like the israelites and the moabs were like like this they they didn't like each other now it says now elimelech naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons okay and it says, they married, Moabite, they married Moabite women. One was named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they, lived there, after they had lived there for about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. This is significant here. Because in back in those days, the men meant everything to a woman. If the woman did not, this was a male-dominated culture, a total male-dominated culture. And if you didn't have men in your life, whether a husband or a son, you were going to live a pretty destitute life. It wasn't like women could go out there and get a job, right, like they do here. They couldn't do that. And so they would be pretty destitute. And so I think this is important. When it says that Naomi lost her husband, and her two sons. This is serious, meaning she lost everything. She lost a way for her to be provided for because she couldn't be provided for herself. Her future was bleak, right? Because she had no one to provide for her, she had no one to protect her, right? And this brings us to the first point even when we think we've lost everything. We will never lose God's presence. She lost everything. And when you read that, you probably don't get that, right? But if you look at that culture, she lost everything. If I was to ask you this question, how do you gain your significance? What do you gain your significance from, right? You know, when I was... Growing up, you know, when I was a young adult, there were basically three areas that I gained my significance right? Career, financial status, and then outward appearance. But these are the things when we are, when we grow up, isn't this what we were taught? You know, what gives you significance? You know, if you're young people right now at school or whatever, what gives you your significance? And you know, going to school. Who are the significant ones, right? You know who are the popular ones. You know what it takes to be popular. And what if you're not one of them? Like me, you know. You know, I wasn't one of the popular ones. But every day in school, when I went to school, I knew that. Because I knew what my culture said got you significance. And then I told you I was hit by a car. You know, just standing on the street and a car hit me and shattered my um, femur, right? And after that, you know, something happened where, you know, you know, I just gained a lot of weight. You know, and then I'm just looking at, well, my society is saying that outward appearance is important. We look at that when we look at TV shows, right? You look at who are the popular ones on TV shows. It's always those who are the ones who are attractive, right? Well, I lost that, right? And, and there was a time where my career, well, I had messed up in my career, right? I went from the director of marketing, and because I messed up, I was demoted all the way down to an entry-level position, right? I had that, my career was gone. My financial status was gone. And when I was growing up, it just happened to be another play through athletics. Athletics, you know, being a a baseball player, you know, gave me some, or softball gave me significance. You know, ever since I was hit by a car, my pretty much um, athletic career was over. So God took everything from me. And those were pretty dark days where I said, okay, God, this is not good. But I didn't realize that my significance was coming from the wrong area. It was coming from a culture. It wasn't coming from God. And that God was still with me. God was saying, Dave, I still have a plan for you. Dave, you are still worth something to me, even though I lost everything that I thought made a person significant. God never left me. God said, you're valuable to me. God said, Dave, yeah, you messed up, but I could still use you. Kind of like what Cole was saying. And so this is one thing that we have to remember. When you lose everything, you will never, ever lose God's presence. And don't underestimate the power of God's presence in your life. Because when you lose everything, and that's the only thing you've got, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. And I can tell you that from personal experience. Then when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home, and may the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. And she kissed them. Goodbye, And they wept aloud. And she said to her, and, and said to her, we will go back to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait till they grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand had turned against me. And, then, and at this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi's life was over and she realized that and she wanted the best for her daughters-in-law. So she said, go back home. You know, there's nothing left for me. My life is over. My life is done. There's no reason for you two to ruin your life. Go back home, and I pray that you would both find the rest (laughs) in having a home with a husband. I pray that you would have a husband to protect you, to provide you, to provide you with sons so you could have a good life. My life is over. You know, God's hand was against me. And so this was the scene that, because Naomi knew it. Naomi knew her life was over. But she loved her daughters-in-law enough to say, you know what? I'm willing to go alone to Judah with no protection, just me and myself. I'm willing to take this perilous journey by myself because I love you. And I want you to have a better life. I have no life. My life is over. Right? So she's looking after them, right? Because without sons, a woman at that time was seen as cursed. If you had sons, they, would, they believed that you were blessed. But without sons, you were cursed, right? And then, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you and to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely. Even, if even death separates you from me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Here we see Ruth clinging to her mother-in-law, saying, no, let me go with you. I will change my life. It really doesn't matter that I have no future. It really doesn't matter that you have no future. I want to come with you, right? Ruth's choice was not beneficial for her, nor did it make sense. Because what Ruth was saying is I'm willing to throw my life away to go to you, to go with you. This is how much I care about you. This is how loyal I am to you. You know, Naomi could not offer her a future. She was old. She couldn't have any more kids. They think she was over probably in her 50s. Now, that's young now, but back then, I just want to say that That was considered old, okay? So women in your 50s, please, I'm not saying you're old, okay? (laughs) Actually, the Bible says that, not me. No. (laughs) No, back then, that's just what they was considered. So Naomi knew that, and she knew that she couldn't bear any sons because of her age. And so Naomi could not offer Ruth a future. Ruth would be a foreigner in the land of Israel, in a land where they didn't like Moabites. But Ruth was still willing to go when she knew that people would be prejudiced against her. And she was willing to live a destitute life. What loyalty, right? And I think each one of us would be blessed if we could have people like that in our lives people that are loyal to us, no matter what. It doesn't matter what we could give them, right? It's no. Your people will be my people. You know, Ruth is a powerful example of how we are to be loyal to God when we don't know what the future holds to us, for us, right? Ruth didn't know, well, Ruth didn't exactly know what the future holds for her. All she knew is her future was not good if she stayed with Naomi, but she was willing and loyal to stay with Naomi. Why? Probably because she knew Naomi didn't have a future, and she loved Naomi, and she wanted to make sure that at least Naomi had someone else. She wasn't by herself. You know, part of it is what she was saying is, you know, when, it's a, when we take a look at our Christian life, this is how we should take a look at our loyal to god it says will you go i'll go okay will you go i'll go and so when we you know go to god when we become a believer it's like god will you want me to go i'll go it may not make sense it may like say oh my goodness there's no future for me there but lord if you want me to go i'll go and, he's, and what she was saying is she's willing to leave her people to what? Have Naomi's, the Israelites, be her family. She left her country. She left her citizenship. She left her culture in order to what? Embrace Naomi's. And this is what God asks us to do, right? He asks us to, our citizenship is no longer on this earth. Our citizenship is no longer this world. Where's our citizenship? What's well, in heaven, Right? And that's what we need to take. We need to view our lives here. As we are no longer citizens of this world. This world. This country's values are no longer our values. That our values are now what? God's values. He says your people will be my people. Meaning that. For us as believers, these are now our people. We are now brothers and sisters in Christ, that we have an obligation to help one another. And that's why it was so wonderful to help a brother who struggled all the way in Southeast Asia. Why? Because your people are my people. You know, he's he's our brother in Christ. And we need to take a look at that also. Right? Ruth made a pivotal decision to break away from her past. Everything that she knew, everything that brought her comfort, everything that brought her security and significance, she made a break from the past. And as believers, that's what God asked us to do. We need to break from our past. The Bible says that we are a new creature, the old is gone, right? We need to make that break just like um, Ruth did right so the two women went out until they came to bethlehem where they arrived at bethlehem the whole town was stirred because of them and the women explained can this be naomi it wasn't like hey naomi's back right the women looked at her and they go what happened is this naomi And they were shocked because the toll of Naomi's, the toll life took on her. They could see it in her face. They could see it in her physical appearance that something happened to her. Something tragic happened to her. And they said, is this Naomi? This surely isn't the woman that left us. You know, what happened? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. You know, was this the work of the Lord? You know, we don't know why, you know, her husband and her sons died. But God allowed it for a certain reason but can you see how dark her life is right now just by the way she what she blamed god for what happened to her right she blamed god you know and sometimes when things are so difficult the last place we look is god the last thing we think about is well maybe god has a plan for this you know i don't know what that plan is but god is trustworthy you know, oftentimes we don't go there, right? What we do is we do what Naomi does. We just blame God for everything when, you know, darkness comes. And truly, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Naomi. Her life was bleak, but she blamed God. But even in our darkest hour, we are to trust God's plan for us. Because all Naomi could see was the pain and suffering that surrounded her. She could not see Ruth chapter um, 4 where she was going to be blessed immensely through Ruth. We're not at chapter 4 yet. We're at chapter 1, right? How many of you are in chapter 1 of Ruth right now? Yeah, things are dark. Things are not happening the way you want them to happen. Life is not good for you. And you are in Ruth 1 right now. And all you could do is blame God for that. Because that's all you see. You don't know that Ruth chapter 4 is coming. And neither did Naomi. Even in our darkest hour, we are to trust that God's, just trust God's plan for us. Right? You know, Job, remember Job? You know, Job, you know, lost his children. He lost his livelihood, and he lost his health, right? But how did Job respond? Let's see this in Job chapter 2, verse 9. Then his wife, this is after Job was just miserable. He had just lost his livelihood. He had lost all of his children, and he was sitting there with a heap of boils all over his body. And then his wife came to talk to him. And it says, then his wife to him, do you still hold fast your integrity, curse God, and die? That was a Naomi response, right? You know, God is doing this to you. You know, since God is doing this to you, why don't you just curse him and die? At least you'd be out of your misery. But what did Job say? But he said to her, you speak as, a, as one of the foolish woman's excuse me, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this Job did not sin with his lips. That's our response, is we need to understand that yes, God is good all the time, and everything that happens to us, both the good and the bad, you know, it's coming from a good God who loves us. But what Job is saying, look, God has blessed us. Job was a wealthy man, and so he's talking to his wife. Should we not accept only the good from God and not the adversity? Adversity is going to come your way. It's come my way, right? But then also God has blessed my life too. You know, we can't just bless God and thank him when things go well and when adversity hits our lives, we curse God and blame him, right? Because why? God is still a good God. God is still a perfect God. And whatever he allows us to happen to us is for our own good, believe it or not. Why? Because God knows what's going going, going to happen in Ruth chapter 4. The problem is we can't see that. We can't see that. You know? Like I said before, sometimes things are so dark but we can't see beyond the darkness. And then we act in a certain way. And we say, well, God, you know, look at the culture we're living in. Well, it's hard for me to live a godly life, so I'm just not going to do it. you know, Ruth made this choice to stay with her mother-in-law, to believe in her God. And she, we believe that uh, Ruth did, um, was a believer, and she believed in Yahweh, right? And she was willing to leave that behind, even though, um, there was no future for her. She was willing to live a godly life in the midst of a corrupt and evil culture. And so can we, you know. And there are times when we're in situations where we just can't believe any good will come out of this, right? And you might be there right now. Naomi was, but Naomi wasn't alone. You know, God was with her. God was with her. But you know what? So was Ruth. So was Ruth. Are you willing to be a Ruth to somebody right now? Are you willing to walk with them through the troubles? And even though they lash out at you like a wounded animal, even if you have a friend who lashes out um, to you, or at you rather, are you willing to be a Ruth? Are you willing to be that loyal person to say, you know what, I know you're going through trouble. I know that you're acting out at me out of hurt and frustration. But I'm still going to be loyal to you. Don't we need people in our life like Ruth? Ruth shows the importance of community. And I pray that each one of us, you know, if we're in Naomi's situation, that we could trust God knowing that Ruth chapter 4 is coming, right? Or we could be like Ruth, to be loyal to somebody who's going through, who's lost everything. And it's not easy being loyal to a Naomi. Naomi probably was no fun to be with. This is just saying a few things in her life, but I could just see her complaining, I mean, all the way back to Judah, complaining, complaining, complaining. God, this, God, this, God, this. Why are you coming with me? Get out of here, you know? I'm sure she was like that. You know, the Bible doesn't say that, but Ruth stuck with her. Ruth stuck with her. Can you be a Ruth to an Naomi? So what's our weekly challenge? Read Ruth chapter 1 daily. It's not a lot. You could probably do it within five minutes, but when you read it, just don't read it to check it off. How are you supposed to read it? Ask God what you are trying to teach me through Ruth chapter 1. If I'm Naomi, God, what are you trying to teach me from Ruth chapter 1? If I know a Naomi and I'm a Ruth, God, what are you trying to teach me through Ruth chapter 1? Identify any areas where our culture is making it difficult for you to make godly decisions. And I know it's tough. I know it's tough for some of you young people or any of you, right? We live in a culture that it's tough to make godly decisions ask God for the courage to give you a godly uh, to live a godly life in the midst of your circumstances. And if you're going if you're currently going through a dark time, remember, this is part of God's grand plan for your life. There's always a Ruth chapter 4. Be it in this life or the next life. There's always a Ruth chapter 4. Why cuz we're victorious. We're victorious. Let's pray. Know, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your Son died on the cross, and because your Son died on the cross and rose again, Ruth four makes all the difference in the world for us. For Father, if you did not raise from the dead, Ruth four would just be a nice story that had a happy ending. But Father, since you died for us on the cross and you were resu- resurrected from the dead, Father, Ruth chapter 4, our, victor- our life of victory, Father, is assured. And Father, I want to pray for anyone right here right now who's going through a difficult time, and you know them, you know them. where they may not be able to see any good that could come out of this situation, where all they could see and feel is pain. Father, would you allow your Holy Spirit to permeate their souls and their minds and their hearts right now, to make your presence such a real reality in their lives right now, that it's un mistakeable father will you let them know that you are a loving and good god that everything that you are allowing them to go through comes from your love that you have for them and father that your plan for them is perfect and father for those right now who have friends who are like naomi who just can't see beyond the darkness of their lives and they blame you and they're lashing out. Father, would you give us the love? Would you give us the patience and the perseverance and the loyalty of Ruth? Yes, Lord, that means we'll probably get hurt. We're going to get our wounds, Father, from that person. But Father, let us be that Ruth to that person. But Lord, I thank you so much that each one of us here, things are going to end well for us. And that one day, Father, whether it's in this world or the next, we will see your ultimate provision uh, for us as we see you face to face. When all of the pain and the suffering of this world will be over. And Father, may that give each one of us hope as we go through the dark times in our lives. Thank you so much for never leaving us nor forsaking us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.